We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Post-Game Edition. I'm your host for the night, Jacob Niffin, as the Thunder lose to the Hawks 137-132. to We're proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating if you don't mind. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Hey, real quick. We are closing in on the 1K mark of YouTube subs. That'd be incredible. So if you haven't subbed to the YouTube channel already, go make sure to subscribe. Also, as I mentioned, any five-star ratings on the podcast would be greatly, greatly appreciated. The the subs on YouTube and the likes and the five stars on the podcast just change the algorithm to push our show out to more people, and we would greatly appreciate that. Like I said, the Thunder lose to the Hawks tonight, 137-132 in a crazy high-scoring game. We got a lot to get into. First off, my five takeaways from the night. We're going to touch on these real quick, and then we'll revisit them later in the show. But my five big takeaways, the five things that really jumped out to me this game. Number one, free throws. Again, for the third game in the row. I have some stats for you all here in a second. My next takeaway Defense, because there was no D. Number three, Dub is a dude. What a night by my guy. Check out the shirt if you're on the live stream. I got my J-Dub shirt from Nene. Nane, not Nene. Nane. I'm so sorry, Nane. I didn't mean to mispronounce your name. Go order yours at cottonbureau.com. Jang return is takeaway number four. And we're going to end with some positives. S-G-A. That man. He's a bad man. Bad man. Before we dive into those five takeaways, though, I already got people in the chat, so thank you guys for hopping in here. Uh, Make sure to drop your comments, your questions. I will answer them during the show. Eamon's already in here saying, damn, the Hawks robbed me of a Spanish pod. If you follow us on Twitter, there was a tweet tonight that said if Shea went for 50, Jacob would do the podcast in Spanish. 
I did not tweet that, even though I had control of the Twitter account tonight. I would like to say that my co-host Nick is not slick. He's not slick, Nick. That man tweeted it and then immediately copied it and pasted it into our uh, our group chat and said, whoa, Jacob can speak Spanish. It's like, Nick, if you're going to lie, at least give it a few minutes, my guy. You got you to gotta take some time. I'm rhyming a lot tonight. Maybe uh, you guys aren't, aren't going to Spanish pod. You're getting a freestyle poem pod over here or something. I don't know. Let's do a step-by-step game summary real quick. I spent about four or five minutes breaking down this game. I have some thoughts. So here are my notes from the game. The first quarter, the Thunder started off very fast. They also played very small. As the Hawks started Trey Young, Boyan Bogdanovich, who typically comes off the bench, that's because there was no DeAndre Hunter tonight. DeJounte Murray, Clint Capella, and John Collins. So they had two really big guys in the front court in Collins and Capella. The Thunder countered with the starting four. That's just who they are now. Shea. Dort, Giddy, Dub, and the fifth guy tonight was Kenrich Williams. So the Thunder started 6-6 Kenrich Williams against Clint Capella and 6-6 J-Dub against John Collins. Kind of a, a clash of play styles. We got one side that's playing very big, the other side that's playing very small and wants to play fast. Coach Dagnalt before the game said that he wanted to see the Thunder play at a much faster pace, move the ball a lot quicker. Even if it resulted in some turnovers, he thought they should uh, move the ball faster, get the ball up the court. And I thought the Thunder did that to start the game. They actually did it for most of the game. So uh, Atlanta's interior, though, killed OKC in that first quarter, especially on the glass. There wasn't a lot of missed shots early. I think the first six shots of the game were makes. When the Thunder finally did force some Atlanta misses, they just couldn't close it out with a defensive rebound. Uh, Collins or Capella... We're just getting up higher, going over guys' backs to get rebounds. I'm not, not like going over the back as far as like a foul is concerned. I thought the Thunder could have got some fouls if they just would have boxed out and scooted straight backwards into those guys and made those guys lean over them, but they didn't do that. So they got a lot of offensive um, rebounds early in the game and second chance points. Second chance points was a big part of the story of this game. Usman Jang. Got some first quarter burn tonight. It's his first time playing since I believe it was December 5th, also against the Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk about Jang here in a little bit, my takeaways. Uh, I said Shea was cooking with fire in that first quarter. He was up to, I think, 11 points in the first, just had an absolute monster first quarter. And then probably the play of the game. I don't know. There's a lot of plays that could be the play of the game because J-Dub was dunking the ball like a crazy person. But the Thunder, I forget who got a bucket. Somebody got a bucket. There's an inbound pass uh, from the Hawks. They try to pass it up the court. And Trey Mann picks it off. And if you blinked, you missed it. But my God, this man detonated on Onyeka Kongu. Trey picked it off, took one dribble, and just yanked that thing back and jammed all over a Kongu. Maybe I mean, Trey's had some impressive dunks, and that might be the most athletic, most impressive one I've ever seen from him. Absolutely incredible. Uh, second quarter starts. The Hawks go on a 13-7 to run in the second quarter to start it off. Um, Thunder kind of started to fall behind there. Um, and I put that uh, Josh Giddy struggled a little bit in that second quarter. Not a lot of notes there, but the Thunder do lose the second quarter 38-34. to Whenever Shea comes back in, the offense settles back in a little bit. 
Uh, but we go to halftime. I'm not even sure what the halftime score was. The Thunder had, I'm trying to do math here. Se- oh, it's 77-77. That's right. We were all sevens at halftime. Come out of half, start of the third quarter, and Josh Giddy uh, continues to be off, just absolutely smoking layups. He was, I loved the process for Josh, and then he just couldn't finish. He was getting right to the basket. Uh, he was bullying smaller guys. And then he got a shot blocked a lot tonight. And then when he didn't, he would get to the rim and it would just roll off. Um, up until like halfway through the third quarter, I thought Josh was having like a pretty off game. Wasn't very good. Um, later on in that third quarter, Shea had a coast-to-coast transition dunk uh, that I just thought was awesome. And then the very next play, uh, Shea went coast-to-coast again and dropped off a pass to a cutting Kenrich Williams for a layup. Um, but the big thing about the third quarter was I thought Trey Young kind of got loose a little bit in that corner and really hurt the Thunder. Uh, the Hawks win that quarter 32-27. to 27. As we get to the fourth quarter, uh, the fourth quarter was interesting. Hawks start off on an 8-0 run, and it felt like the Thunder were buried at that point. Um, I had I was covering the, the game on the uncontested Twitter account tonight, and I had tweeted in between quarters. I said, the Thunder really need to win the non-Trey Young minutes in this fourth quarter if they want a chance to win the game. And then the Hawks go on an 8-0 run without Trey, Trey Young and really ballooned that lead, and it was... It was bad. I think it got to 14, 15, something like that. Thunder call a timeout. They come out of the timeout with a different lineup. It was, uh, I believe, Josh Giddy, J-Dub, Wiggins, Kenrich, and Baisley. I think that was the five. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the five. Uh, and they just got after it. They got way more aggressive offensively and defensively, started stringing together some stops. Uh, played really good. Um, and so the Hawks call a timeout. So we've had one run and then another run. OKC kind of continue to struggle to get stops down the stretch. Um, but Shea comes back in. The game gets really close. And the the final few possessions, I want to go like kind of play by play here for those of you who maybe missed the game or even if you watched the game, just a quick recap. So the Thunder get a bucket to make it a three-point game. I believe it was a Shea bucket to make it a three-point game. Um, And there's like 28 seconds left in the game or 30 seconds, something like that, to where um, the Hawks can get a shot and then the Thunder will have time for the last shot of the game. So it's a three-point game. Dort was not in the game, surprisingly. Uh, They kept him on the bench for J-Dub. And J-Dub has the Trey Young assignment. Trey is kind of just... Dribbling the ball back and forth, yo-yoing it back and forth, uh, killing the time to kind of you know get get the possession started with ten or eight seconds left on the shot clock, and J Dub just steps up and just pokes the ball away, just rips him completely. And J Dub had a oh I don't even know magnificent, marvelous, beautiful fourth quarter, accumulated with this where he pokes the ball away from Trey, runs past him, gets the steal, runs, throws down the dunk. It is a one point game. The Hawks call a timeout. Uh, I believe there's about 15 seconds left at this point, and the Hawks are trying to inbound because they know the Thunder are going to foul. We got to get the get the ball back. The Thunder send two to Trey, who runs into the backcourt because they did not want Trey Young shooting the free throws. 
Uh, they get the ball to John Collins. And I think that was probably best case scenario for the Thunder. The other options were like Bogdanovich, um, uh, DeJounte Murray was in at that point. AJ Griffin was in. So fouling John Collins probably was the best bet there. Collins goes to the line with 15 seconds left, up one, buries both free throws. Now, in the Twitter mentions tonight, there was a lot of dislike from Thunder fans uh, on how this last possession played out. So I'm going to tell you what happened and then what I think Mark's plan was, and I think he even confirmed this in his post-game media availability. So the Thunder had a timeout left. They're down three, 15 seconds left, and they don't take the timeout. They inbound the ball. Shea drives the length of the court, makes a move on DeJounte Murray, gets into the lane, um, puts up a shot that DeJounte Murray blocks. Shea gets the rebound, goes back up, um, gets two guys off their feet. Felt like he got a foul there. I believe Shea thinks he got a foul there. Uh, Mark believes he got a foul there, but the whistle does not blow. The ball gets ripped again. Uh, it's rolling around the floor. Thunder have to foul. Um, we go to the other end, two free throws. Uh, and the game is essentially sealed at that point. It's a five-point game, uh, which was the final score, 137-132. The Thunder had a side-out-of-bounds play with, like, two seconds left. J-Dub misses an alley-oop. Maybe that could have made it interesting because then the Hawks had to inbound. Lots of folks in my in my mentions tonight were very upset that the Thunder did not call the timeout, advance the ball with 15 seconds left, and play for the last shot and a three to win the game. Here is what the thought process was there. Thunder still have one timeout. You inbound, you go the length of the court for a quick two. You feel pretty confident with Shea in that. It's cut back to one. The Hawks had zero timeouts left. So you cut the, the game to a one-point game with like 10 seconds left, 11 seconds left. You force the Hawks to inbound on the baseline so they can only pass the ball forward. They can't go left or right like, as if they were you know, inbounding on the sideline. Uh, and they can't call a timeout. So if you cover it up really good, you can maybe force a five-second call. You can maybe get a turnover, um, force you know uh, a, a guy to dribble the ball off his foot, whatever, step out of bounds. Uh, and, and if so if Shea makes that layup, you force them to inbound. Worst case scenario, they get the ball in, you foul. Now there's about seven, eight seconds left. They go to the free throw line. Even if they make both of them, still only a three-point game, and now you can use your timeout. Uh, Mark Dagnall confirmed this post game. He said that uh, he wanted to run the ball there. He told Shea, go for the two. Um, Mark talked about, you know, the Hawks having zero um, uh, turn or timeouts remaining. I'm sorry, timeouts. And that inbounding from the side there allows, calling the timeout there, allows Atlanta to set up their defense. Uh, Atlanta had all their shooters out there, not arguably all their best defenders out there. Um, so you, prevented them from substituting. You prevented them from setting up the defense they wanted to set and getting a timeout uh, and making it easier for them to trap Shea. So the idea, I think, was the correct idea. Just didn't work out. So uh, unfortunate, the Thunder lose 137 to 132. They had a chance there at the end, but coming back from 15 down in the fourth quarter is a challenge in and of itself. So I see a lot of you guys getting comments in. I appreciate that. I promise I'll get to all of them. Let's get back to my points of the game, my big takeaways. Number one, free throws again. So let's look at the statistics tonight. Uh, on the team stats, free throw attempts. 
The Thunder took 16 attempts, made 11. They need to make more free throws. That's only 68.8%. Meanwhile, the Hawks took 33 and made 26. So the Thunder got outscored at the free throw line by 15 points. They got outshot at the free throw line by 17 attempts. You're not going to win very many games when that happens. Just flat out, straight up. That's how it is. Like, you're not going to win very many games. Mark Dagnall's never going to, like, openly criticize the refs in a post-game press conference. He doesn't want that fine. But he was asked about it post-game. I forget the reporter who asked the question. So apologies for not giving uh, credit where credit is due. Um, they asked about late in the game. Felt like there was a play where Josh Giddy uh, just kind of escorted Trey Mann down to the rim. Trey Mann, Trey Young, I'm sorry. Escorted Trey Young down to the rim, got a layup. Should have been a foul, didn't get it. And then that last possession where Shea should have got a whistle and didn't. Um, the, the reporter asked Coach Dignault, hey, did you get an explanation on those and why there was not a whistle? Dignault said, no, typically you don't in the end of the game. He said, in the first half, I did though because I felt like we weren't getting the whistle. And the refs told him, you're shooting more threes, insinuating that if you were attacking, attacking the basket and getting in the lane, you'd get more foul calls from us. And Mark said, I looked down at the stat sheet and we've taken more shots in the paint than they have. And Mark, um, I, I love this answer. He's So he said that, and he said, so I appreciate the explanation. I just wish it was true. And I was like, oh, God, that's – he's not wrong. I mean, you if the ref tells you you're not getting foul calls because you're not getting into the lane, but then you look at the stat sheet and you're taking more shots in the paint than the opposition, something doesn't add up there, right? And so that felt like the Thunder did not get the whistle. Trey Young – Got the whistle a ton tonight. Uh, his free throw attempts, 10 of 11. Shea was 9 of 10. So those two guys were close, and that's okay. I can live with that. It's the other Hawks, um, and I know the Thunder fouled a lot at the end, or not a lot, but twice at the end of the game, so that inflates the free throw attempts a little bit. But it's the, uh, the six for Capella, four for Bogdanovich, four for Collins, four for Griffin. Um uh, two for Murray, where the Thunder had Shea with 10, J-Dub with two, Dort with two, Giddy and Baisley with one apiece. And some of those, two of those, were technical free throws. So those don't even count towards the foul count. If you don't follow us on Twitter, I dropped a tweet tonight after the game. I'm going to pull it up for you guys real quick so I can tell you about it. If I can find it, where is it at? I think I also have it in my notes here. Past three games, Sacramento, Denver, and tonight against the Hawks. Uh, three games that I've covered for this podcast. The free throw discrepancy, the attempts, not the makes, but the attempts. I didn't look up the makes. The Thunder have taken 43 free throws in three games. That's not much, folks. That's what... Um, Less than 15, about 14 free throws per game. That's not a lot. The Thunder's opposition in those three nights have taken 94 free throws. That's a difference of 51. 51 free throw difference in three games. This Thunder team leads the league and drives to the paint. There is no reason that should be the case. You can't tell me that they are fouling so much on one end and then driving the, the lane, attacking the basket, and not getting fouled on the other. 
Um, I, I don't want to pin this on referees, but that statistic is is pretty jarring. So that's takeaway number one. I don't want to talk about free throws anymore. I'm tired of talking about free throws. I would be interested. I don't I don't have the time because number one, I just don't know how I could dig up this stat without just going through every single game log. But I wonder what the Thunder's record is when they take more free throws than the opposing team. I feel like it's probably about 25% of of this of these games, 25% of the year, the Thunder have taken more free throws than their than their opponent. I feel like they're getting outshot at the free throw line every single game. Takeaway number two is defense because there was no D. When we look at the team stats tonight, the Hawks shot 50 of 84. You know what's wild? Is the Hawks shot 84 field goal attempts. The Thunder shot 102. Yeah, they played with a lot of pace tonight. 102, um, but you take away a lot of Hawk field goal attempts because they took so many uh, free throw attempts. Hawks shot 59.5%, basically 60% from the field. 11 of 29, 38% from three, uh, 78.8% from the free throw line. The Hawks out-rebound the Thunder by eight. Uh, defensive rebounds was a big one. Actually, the Thunder out-offensive rebounded the Hawks. Um, the Hawks got 24 points off of turnovers. Um, I can't see second-chance points here, but I believe it was 24 second-chance points as well. Thunder just couldn't get stops. The Hawks shot 60% from the field. And then when you look at individual Hawks players, this is wild to me. One guy shot less than 50% for the Hawks. Collins was 7 of 12. Capella, 8 of 8. Young, 10 of 20. So far, so good. Bogdanovich, six, or some, sorry, 7 of 11. Still above 50%. Okongwu, 4 of 5. That's above 50. AJ Griffin, 2 of 4. Jalen Johnson, 2 of 3. Aaron Holiday, 1 of 2. The only Hawk to shoot under 50% was DeJounte Murray at 9 of 19. So, uh, and that's barely under 50%. Just inexcusable defense by the Thunder. Um, One thing I thought was, I noticed, I don't know if it happened in the first half, definitely in the second half. After every timeout, whether it be end of a quarter, um, end of the half, a timeout called on the floor, the Thunder came out in a zone. And they'd only do it for like one or two possessions, and then they would get back to normal defense. I find playing that zone against this team interesting because two things that that you're kind of giving up in a zone is you can give up threes, which the Hawks are good at, and you can give up offensive rebounds because you're not matched up on a man to turn around and box out. Another thing that the Hawks did very well against the Thunder tonight. So I was surprised the Thunder went to the zone um, so frequently. But the defense just has to be better. Uh, it was not good tonight. Uh, and it was actually the Hawks bench that really won this game. Every Hawks starter was a negative, except for Bogdanovich, who was a, a net even. Everyone on the Hawks bench was a positive. Um, the biggest, A.J. Griffin, plus 22 in his 23 minutes, and a Kongwu plus 21 in his 20 minutes. Very efficient basketball for those guys. So that's the defense talk. Let's move on to something positive. Takeaway number three. Dub is a dude. This guy 
Maybe the best game of J-Dub's career, all things considered. I think the only other game you could argue would be that game at home against San Antonio with no Shea. But that one has the caveat of no Shea. They still won. But this one, Dub's out there with Giddy. He's out there with Trey Mann. He's out there with Shea Gilgis-Alexander with Lou Dort. He's out there with a lot of guys. He took 16 shots. Third most on the team. Uh, He took 16. Giddy took 19. Shea took 22. Jalen was 11 of 16 from the field. Took one three and made it. Only two free throw attempts. Had five rebounds, two assists, four steals. And was a plus four in the game for 24 points. And the big thing that jumps out to you for J-Dub offensively tonight was the dunks. I mean, he just got out in transition and got the ball and dunked it. And it was freaking awesome was talking to a friend tonight. Is J-Dub the most athletic player on this league, on this team? Trey Mann's got crazy bounce. I think Darius Baisley is a very good athlete. After that, I think it's Dub. I think Dub is in the top three. He might be number two or number one. Um, he is very athletic, has a lot of bounce. Um, and I mean, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He was just phenomenal. They elected to go with Dub. Uh, I don't think they wanted to bench Dort, but I think that unit just really had it going, and Dub was playing really good. I could go down a really deep rabbit hole here about how I think Dub could eventually be a Dort replacement. You could start like Shea, Dub, Josh. Is it Poku Chet? Is it someone you get in the draft in Chet? Is it someone you trade for in Chet? Um, and just have a, a crazy, crazy lineup. Um, don't want to get in that. I thought Dort had a good game tonight. He didn't play at the end. But J-Dub has, and that's less about Dort, more about J-Dub. J-Dub is just so damn good. Like, he is so damn good. So at the end of this game, the fourth quarter was was his crown jewel of his NBA career so far. Um, he got out in transition, got some dunks. He had like a little midi stop and pull up jumper that went in. Trey Young was getting to his floater. Um, and one position down, he got to it and Dub just rose up and blocked that crap uh, like 10 feet down the court um, and then beat everyone down the court to get a pass for a dunk. I mentioned it earlier, late in the game, he gets the rip on Trey, the steal and the dunk. Uh He's just got so much energy. He's maybe one of the funnest guys on on the team. You hopefully you saw the video of his reaction after the Trey Man uh, monster jam, where he was just going nuts. Uh, he also had the same reaction whenever Josh had that dunk in summer league, where he was freaking out. He's like a big kid in the way he acts, but he's like an old man in the way he hoops, and I just love it. He's been such a joy. The Thunder have a dog in that guy. Absolute dog. You, you listen to Mark Dagnall talk about him. They want him to shoot more. He definitely did tonight. You love that. And they talk so highly about him defensively with his size, his length, his versatility. We've seen this dude guard everyone. He guards point guards. He guards Chris Stapps Porzingis. He guards John Collins. He guards DeJounte Murray. Uh, he's just all over the floor. He can guard whoever you want him to guard. He still fouls quite a bit. Um, that will come. That will come down with time. But I just I think he's got a great defensive IQ, great basketball IQ. 
Dude's incredible. Absolutely love him. What a steal at pick number 12. He is phenomenal. Two more takeaways. Number four is the Jang return. Usman Jang, first minutes in a month and a half, almost two months, played 11 minutes tonight, went two of three from the field, one of two from three, had two rebounds, was a minus 23 and five, uh, five points. Um, he was out there at the start of the second and the fourth quarters when the Thunder really got blitzed. Uh, so that's where that minus number comes from. His two buckets, one was on a backdoor cut where he got a pass from Shea and dunked it. The other was a, a catch and shoot from the corner for three. It's going to take him a while. He's been out for a long time. It really sucks too, because before he got injured, I thought he was playing the best basketball uh, that he had been, especially in the G League. He was posting like monster numbers and it was very clear this kid was ready. It's going to take him a while to get ramped up. I'm interested to see. They have, what, two and a half, three full weeks until the All-Star break to see how much run he gets before the All-Star break. Then I wonder if if they get that engine up and running again, if he gets more burn after the All-Star break. He could be a great piece. Um, I mean, he's the number 11 overall pick for a reason. He is more of a long-term project. I understand that. But there are so many tools. I Tonight I was at the game. I got to see Dang, Dang, Jang a little more up close and personal. He's so long. like, And he moves so gracefully. He moves like a 6'3 guy in a 6'11 body. Um, it's very impressive. I think he's going to be a great defender uh, given time. I, I see a lot of like Paul George-esque defense in him, like defensive ability. Not saying he's going to be as great of a defender as Paul is. Paul's incredible. And that would be putting a lot of expectations on Jang. But the the size, the fluidity, I see some Paul George in that. And it's it's very impressive. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Last takeaway, number five, our last one of the night, SGA. I want to talk about SGA because I am recording this podcast Wednesday it is now 10.40 p.m. January 25th. Tomorrow, January 26th, the NBA will announce NBA All-Star starters uh, because the final round of voting will be out. If you do not know, All-Star starters is decided by three factors. 50% goes to fan vote, 25% to media vote, 25% to player vote. Shea is going to end up fourth in fan voting he's been fourth this entire time he's too far behind jaw to jump to third and he's way too far ahead of whoever's fifth it might be clay uh to drop so he's gonna be fourth there and that's 50 percent of the vote so that's really hard to jump up from there he would have to like even if he got number one in uh player voting and number one in media voting i still don't think he could jump to the top two to get a starter so I don't think he's going to start the All-Star game, uh, but he is 100% in the All-Star game. I think he is very firmly in the All-NBA conversation right now. I do not think he'll end up on a top 10 MVP ballot whenever the, the year is said and done. I don't know if he'll get that far, but I definitely think he will be an All-NBA player as well. Just an incredible performance yet again. Got slowed down a little bit in the second half, but there was a time there in the third quarter where DeJounte Murray, who is heralded as a good defensive player, that's the whole reason Atlanta went and got him because they needed a point of attack defender because Trey can't play defense. Trey gets subbed off the floor on defensive possessions. And Shea just went at DeJounte over and over. DeJounte just had no answer. Ended up getting a technical foul because he was so pissed off that Shea was just cooking his ass over and over again. Shea for the night, 13 of 22 from the field. That's crazy efficiency. One of one from three. Nine of 10 from the free throw line. So 13 of 22, what is that like? Close to 60% from the field, 50% from three, 90% from the free throw line. Five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. One of the blocks was in a post-up possession against John Collins, six foot nine. He probably has 40 pounds on Shea. Shea just rose up and threw it to like the fifth row. Shea's a plus nine on the night with 36 points on 22 shots. The efficiency is just unreal, you guys. Like, it is so incredible what this kid is doing. He's a superstar. Flat out, straight up, he is a superstar. I don't know if Josh Giddy is a, going to end up being a superstar, but I think Josh Giddy is going to be very, very good. J-Dub is going to be very, very good. And you might have another superstar sitting over there on the bench in Chet Holmgren. This team is set. Like, does this game suck? Yes. Did they play good defense? No. Was the offense good? Yes. 
the West is so cramped up. Let me look this up real quick. I believe the Thunder are go to these standings after tonight's loss. The Thunder are still 11th in the West. One full game ahead of 13th. So 13th is bad. They are also two games away, two and a half games away from home court in the West. It's all jumbled up. It's crazy. The fourth seed Pelicans are 26 and 23. The 11th seeded Thunder are 23 and 25. That's how crazy the West is. This is going to be a dogfight the rest of the way. The Thunder may make the play in. They may just straight up make the playoffs. They may miss the play play in entirely and just be in the lottery. We don't know. I mentioned on the podcast the other night, there's like a two-week stretch there at the end of April where the Thunder play pretty much every team that's in that space of like 5 to 13 in the West. And I think that's going to decide it. That's going to be a really fun two weeks. But they, they may end up in the playoffs. They may not. But regardless, Shea has just been unreal. They're going to add Chet to this team. Like, there's not much to worry about, guys. This game sucks. The season, though, does not. It's been incredible. That's all I got. Let's look through these comments real quick, see if we got anything we want to hit before we get out of here. Um, Brennan McGlaskin, McGlasson, there we go. Sorry, Brennan. Uh, former student. Engage, got his engagement photos. Shout out, Brennan. They look awesome. He says the slam by Trey was absurd. One of the best dunks in the past five years for the Thunder. Uh, Robert says, some games just be like that. It was a good game, though. Yeah, I mean, Hawk shot great, so shout out to them. Matt didn't stay around. He said, got to go to bed, but a question or two for morning listen back. Why not play Jay Will tonight? We trusted him against Embiid. Matt, this is a wonderful question, and I want to answer this because I went to the game with my father tonight. My dad and I have a ritual. We go to most of the Thunder games together. Uh, I it, It's a blast. It's I look forward to it more than anything. Tonight, my dad and I went and ate at Dave's Hot Chicken in Bricktown if you hadn't had it. It's real good. I suggest you go try it out. Then we go to the game together. We get some of those cinnamon roasted pecans, and I get myself a 20-ounce Coke Zero, uh, and I just sit back in my chair, and I cuss a lot, and I watch the game, and it's a great time. And my dad looked at me and said, their big guys are killing us. Why aren't we playing Jay Will? And I kind of thought about it for a second. I was like, that's a good point. He said this to me in the fourth quarter. And after he said it to me, I was watching the game, and Mike Muscala was on the floor. And every single Hawks possession, Trey Mann brought the ball up, and they immediately brought whoever Mike was guarding up to screen for Trey. They would set the screen. Mike would drop a little bit, um, and, and Dort or J-Dub or whoever was on the ball on Trey Young uh, would fight through and try to get back to Trey. Uh, and Trey would either attack and, and draw a double and toss to the man in the middle or would step back. And I looked at my dad. I said, that's why they're not playing Jay Will. It's not because like his size would have been great. The rebounding would have really helped. The problem is the way that Jay Will defends the, the pick and roll. I love Jay Will, but he doesn't have the fastest feet. Anytime, if you, you go back and watch any J. Will defensive possession, if his man sets a screen, 
he is immediately dropping three steps to defend the drive. You can't do that against Trey Young. If Clint Capella sets a screen and the big man drops and you leave J-Dub or Shea or whoever is guarding Trey uh, to get through that screen, Trey, Trey Young is going to take one step around that screen and pull up for three every single time, and you just can't let him do that. They, the Thunder needed more versatile defenders um, who can defend at the level of the screen or switch. If you watch that fourth quarter run where the Thunder were down 15 and came back, a big reason was because their defense was straight 100% switching. Every single screen got switched. Uh, whoever ran into the screen immediately slipped under their man to be between them and the basket, uh, and they let the next guy go. Um, Jay Will just cannot do that yet. Um, he's going to need some time to to get used to the speed of the NBA game. Great question, Matt. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, Matt also said, J-Dub uh, is a ridiculous human being and killed it tonight. Couldn't agree more. J-Dub's incredible. Uh, Malik says, never wanted to be a blame the refs guy, but this game makes it hard not to. Amen. Do you think Coach Mark will change Shea's minutes on the bench when we're ready to really compete? I understand the need to establish routine, but we could have used the offense earlier in the fourth. I feel like they're falling more into a rhythm now, Amen. If you like watch really closely, there's Shea always plays the full first and the full third, and then he sits for six minutes and comes back for the final six minutes of the of the third and fourth. He plays the full first and third is what I meant to say. And then he comes back uh, the second and the fourth with six minutes left. Giddy leaves early in the first and starts the second. J-Dub typically does the same. So he's falling into a, a pattern, a rotation. He might start to get back more to just being wacky with it. It's kind of what they've done in the past. So I don't know. That's a great question though. Um, Jesse says, again, out free throwed. It's getting absurd. Also, J-Dub is that guy. He's awesome. He's awesome. Uh, Eamon also asked, no Lou, but Baze was in. Was that to match the size? It's interesting because you would think so, but Baisley was guarding Trey Young a lot. I think they wanted that length, and then Trey Young likes to play off the screen. So you put that length on Trey, and then wherever the screen comes, Baisley can switch it and let somebody else step up. Um, Let's see here. Meek says, Jang is still scared and soft. He's going to need a lot of experience. I agree, but I think that the experience he's getting, especially in the G League, is really starting to pay off, Meek. Um, I don't think it's going to be as long as as we maybe think. Also, here's the the, the numbers for the All-Star voting. Jaw is 77.8 thousand ahead of Shea, and Shea is 620 thousand ahead of Clay. So... Is there a slight chance SGA can ch catch Jaw? Yes. There's no way Clay catches SGA. SGA has him like doubled up. Um, Eamon says the uncontested pod is my favorite food pod that occasionally covers Thunder basketball. Yeah, you know, I got to do what I can. All right, I went for 40 minutes. I can't believe I did a 40-minute solo pod on a school night. I had a snow day today, though. Shout out to snow days. They hit so much better whenever you're a teacher, let me tell you. Thank you guys for tuning in to The Uncontested. Really appreciate you all. A lot of people in the chat and in the live stream tonight, even during a loss. So that's uh, very kind of you all. I really appreciate that. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your shows. Drop that five star. That would mean a lot to us. 
boosts our rating up, helps the algorithm send us out to more people. And if you haven't yet, sub to the YouTube, man. I'm telling you, after every game, we're always live with these shows. Sunday night, we're always live. I know a lot of people join every single Sunday night. Uh, it's just kind of like they're like end of the weekend. Instead of watching, I don't know, Shannon and Skip, they watch the uncontested, which is incredible because we're just a couple of idiots or a bunch of idiots. But we greatly, greatly appreciate that. So hit that sub button on YouTube. We're closing on the 1K mark, and that would just be incredible for us. Go to cottonbureau.com slash the uncontested. You can just go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested in the search bar to find our merch. So you can get Nane's J-Dub shirt, J-Dub in his bag. We've been selling a lot of these. They're incredible. Absolutely love them. So make sure to get yours. All the proceeds are going to charity. So if you buy one, you're also doing good for the Oklahoma City community. It's like a double whammy. You got to do it. I'm trying to get J-Dub a shirt as well. So you guys need to tweet at J-Dub. Tell him to DM me back so I can send him a shirt. If we get a tunnel fit with J-Dub wearing the J-Dub shirt, chef's kiss. Next up, we've got the Cavaliers Friday night, 7 p.m. tip in Oklahoma City. My guy Justin is on the post game with that one, so make sure you tune in afterwards. That's the only other game this week. Sunday, we will have our group podcast, 9 p.m. sharp central time. Join us then. And then Monday night, the Thunder take on the Warriors. Taylor has that one. And then after that, the Thunder have a pretty light schedule leading into the All-Star break. We're going to have lots of stuff coming your way. More post games, more weekly shows. Trade deadline is on the horizon. We'll be talking about that. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, and as always, Thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.